Hello everyone, this is Latasha Blanton from the Real South Africa Travel and Tourism. You're going to have the opportunity to travel with Phil Scott to... Sunny South Africa. You guys are going to have the opportunity to come to Johannesburg and you guys are going to be coming to Durban. And we're going to set it up perfectly. It's going to be like a luxury experience for you guys. At the same time, you're going to be getting some culture. And of course, you're going to get an opportunity to talk to Phil, hang out with Phil and get his views on Africa and South Africa. You're also going to get an opportunity to explore the lifestyles here that are available in South Africa. And we're going to do all that for you in an amazing 10 days. We do hope that you go to the website and book because we do look forward to seeing you here. Absolutely. Our website is therealsouthafrica.com. Go there, scroll down. You'll see a picture of Phil and just go ahead and book there. So we'll see you here in what we like to call sunny, sunny South, South Africa. Africa. While the West convinced itself that Africa is not a safe place to make investment, live or work, other people like China were taking advantage of all the opportunities that the continent presented. And now they're reaping off big time. We're seeing America trying to play catch up with the influence that China has on the African continent. But truth be told, there are other places in the West that are far more dangerous than Africa. Yet we're just made to believe that Africa is the worst thing that has ever happened on the African planet. Um, I think I'm going to build on what Yinka said about Africa's population and also, I guess, Africa's fundamentals. Those fundamentals, whether it's the demographics, whether it's uh, the economic structure of African countries, they present both opportunities and challenges. Unfortunately, the narratives today overemphasize on the challenges, right? So, yes, there's conflict. Yes, there's violence in certain parts of the continent. But actually, when you look at um, certain analyses that have been done by whether it's entities like Statista and others, the world's most violent cities, the top 10, only one is in Africa, Cape Town. All of the other cities are in Latin America, in Brazil, in Mexico, etc., etc., right? So... It's just that the challenges in Africa are overemphasized. Hello there, how are you doing? Welcome to another episode of our conversations. My name is Indira Ganga. I'm a business journalist by profession and a digital content creator. I love coming on here, having conversations with you guys about black people, Africa, our empowerment and how we can rise up and take our rightful place at the global stage. Today, I briefly want to touch on the race of investing in Africa, but from a different perspective. I was listening to this lady being interviewed and she made so much sense. You know, we talk a lot about how America is trying to play catch up with um, uh, with uh, China in Africa in terms of investment, right? And China has been on the African continent for years, way back in 2000, when nobody thought anything would come out of this place. China was already here. They were looking for opportunities. They were investing. They were giving, you know, they were building their companies here. And the Chinese have also a very problematic way of doing business. But at least they were here on the continent doing business. Then we had other people who they couldn't see Africa beyond the lens of colonial colonialization. And they didn't think that anything good could come out of this place if not for the abusive relationship and the exploitative relationship that we had and so they lagged behind and they waited and they held their cards close to their chest and now everybody's saying africa is the future right and the future belongs to those who came to the continent a little bit early the kind of influence that china has on the african continent is unmatched outside of just doing business here they um 
have invested in a lot of research and development and the government is not shy to put money in projects in partnership with governments and that is something that the west is still very hesitant it's almost like they want to do business with africa they want to be in africa but they don't want to go all the way in you know when um, kamala harris was in ghana um i was there during that time and she what salad as usual but very empty rhetoric of a hundred million dollars to be shared among several African countries. And I'm like, are you really serious? You're trying to compete with China that is investing billions and billions of dollars on the African continent, yet you come with a hundred million to be shared among different African countries. You're not serious. You know, like you really are not serious. They're not going to say no to your money, but it's not going to help counter the influence that China has on the African continent. And I think that she touches on something that's also very important that we think Africa is unsafe. It's something that even as an African, I get asked a lot when I travel for work. People are like, is it safe? Is it safe? Do you see lions? All these things. And I'm just like, what world do you live in? Like, pick a textbook or Google or something. And unfortunately, these stereotypes have, have, have found their way to the boardrooms and people do not know what to make out of the continent. And this lady mentioned something very important. She said, only one African city is listed amongst the most dangerous places in the world. So can you imagine, because of one place, the whole continent is bundled up and made look like, and made to look like it's not a safe place yet, it's just one place. There, you'll get stabbed in London. Knife crimes are really high, and I'm not saying this as in mockery of it, I'm just saying that problems exist everywhere you can get shot in america there have been many mass shootings in america this year that there have been days of the year of 500 mass shootings why can't we extend that grace to africa why is it that just because one place is not safe we conclude that the whole african continent is not safe i've never heard anyone say i'm not going to london because there's a high probability that i could get stabbed I never hear anybody say, I'm not going to go to America. I'm not going to do business in America because there's a high probability that somebody is going to pick a gun and shoot at me. I don't hear people say that. So why can't we extend the same courtesy to Africa? Those fundamentals, whether it's the demographics, whether it's uh, the economic structure of African countries, they present both opportunities and challenges. Unfortunately, the narratives today overemphasize on the challenges, right? So yes, there's conflict, yes, there's violence in certain parts of the continent, but actually when you look at um, certain analyses that have been done by, whether it's entities like Statista and others, the world's most violent cities, the top 10, only one is in Africa, Cape Town. All of the other cities are in Latin America, in Brazil, in Mexico, etc., etc. right? So it's just that the challenges in Africa are overemphasized. And the fundamentals today present opportunities. And what are those opportunities? So you, let's take demographics, for example. The continent has the world's fastest uh, growing population, and it's also the world's youngest. Median age in Africa today is around 19 compared to around 30 in the Middle East and in South Asia, um, in, in Asia, compared to around 38 in the US mm. and in China, and also very importantly compared to, I think, 44 or 45 in Europe. So Africa is a young pop, uh, continent and it's growing. It's going to be the continent with the world's future labor force. So already 
you know, if you want to think and constructively. future labor force and future buyers, future Future consumers. buyers, future consumers. And we've seen already entities from China have made a lot of headway on this front because they've seen that potential. So uh, mobile phone companies like Transient became global market leaders today because of their investments in Africa. Whereas companies from other parts of the world in the early 2000s felt that Africans were too poor to afford mobile phones. And there are examples like that across the board. So the challenges today, when you look at it and you invest there and you create opportunities for all these young people, become opportunities for companies in the future, right? So I think it's a matter of a mindset shift. And then to the last part of your question, is there a role for uh, the U.S.? There is, of course, a huge role for the U.S. to play. You look at the comparative advantage of the U.S., the way I would frame it anyways, uh, in terms of private capital, this is the world's largest market economy. African countries need investments, right? It's actually a dearth of investments, especially around infrastructure mm. in the early 2000s that made a lot of African countries turn to China because they were not getting the investments from Western bilateral lenders or even from the World Bank and other multilateral lenders, they turn to China. Mm. Those investment needs are still there. The continent needs about $150 billion every year for infrastructure investments. The continent, again, needs around $50 billion for climate adaptation, right, to be able to invest in, um, you know, climate-resistant uh, agriculture, crops, buildings, bridges, etc. Those are all things that the U.S. can help with. Uh, digital technologies, you know, we have Silicon Valley. If companies want to expand to new markets today and in the future, Africa is the place. So there are so many examples like these that I can bring that there's so much that can be done. Uh, the U.S. has a role to play, but the mindset has to shift to see Africa not just as a continent of problems, but a continent where when you think innovatively of addressing those problems, you come up with solutions that work for Africans, but that also work for the investor and the partner country. Right. Well, that's all I had for you in this episode of our conversations. My name is Indira Ganga. Thank you so much for watching. Give this video a thumbs up and tell me what you think in the comment section. I'll see you again next time.